Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you all the worship and the glory. We honor you, Lord. We love you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't God so good? Please be seated. God taught me on certain leadership principles, which I'll share with you. Things to do and things not to do. The cautions, number one caution, is neglect. We have to give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. The more earnest heed. Neglect. Diligence is not just hard work. It's giving care, attention, and time to a work to be done. The opposite is negligence. So when you are diligent, you are careful. You are also dedicated. In other words, you are serious. You are serious. See as that a man diligent in his work. He will stand before kings, not before me men. The opposite is neglect. Neglect. You don't care how you dress. You don't care how you talk. You haven't used a roller and you are sweating and you don't care. You don't care. What? You don't care. That your children are going away what? You don't care that you are losing your marriage. You don't care that you must care. Hallelujah. I have prepared something briefly to share with you. And I'm just going to use the approach all the speakers used. So that I just give you the point so that it will not be too long. So you can write. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from the Amplified Version. And I want you to take time to look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from the Amplified Version. And we're going to read it together. If I can speak with the tongue of men and even angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for us and in us, I'm only a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. From the day Adam sinned, and he tried to use fig leaves to cover his nakedness. That was the day men started to lie. And this whole life is a pretense. That if God doesn't open your eyes, if there's no unveiling and revelation, you never know truth. Facts can sound very much like truth. Bible says our knowledge is fragmentary. But you see, it will be superseded by truth. That's why when you are blessed to be a believer, you have a conscience that touches base with truth. All the knowledge we are acquiring, every day they are improving because they are getting to know other things that are higher. But you already know the truth. And we shall assure our hearts concerning the truth, that we are of the truth. So, the world is full of pretenses. But there's this genuine love, which is based on truth. Which, the Bible says, if you don't have, and you can speak with the tongue of angels and men, you are a noisy gong. And a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and gifts of interpreting divine will and purpose, this is the ultimate. Honey, this is the ultimate. But even if you have that and understand all secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains but have not God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. Can you pause a little bit and think about these things if God means what He's saying? If it means this, then we have to give the more earnest heed. Unless it's some joke. Because these are very serious words. Very serious words. How can I have 
the gift of prophecy that understand the mysteries and the will of God. I know all secrets. I know the purposes of God intimately. And I have faith to remove all mountains. And God will tell me I'm useless. And nobody. If I don't have love. Okay, let's go down. If I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food. If I surrender my body to be burned in order that I may glory. But I have not love. God's love in me. I get nothing. Let's go ahead. Love endures long. Now, I want to talk about God's leadership. Number one is power under control. The most intriguing thing to me about God is so much power under control. Long suffering, which is the first manifestation and the last manifestation of love, is power under control. Self-control is power under control. Or continence is power under control. Patience is power under control. Forbearance is power under control. Endurance is power under control. Sometimes you see people say, oh, this person is humble, this person is humble. Wait until he's rich. Wait until he's wise. Wait until he is in a place of authority. And I look at God and I'm like, who is this? So much power, but under control. And as leaders, sometimes we all go, I want the power of Elijah, I want the power of Moses. And I sit down and I smile. How many people can still be normal human beings? Just normal human beings. If they should walk in the power, Moses walking. Divine Red Sea. He never even gave the testimony anywhere. He never even talked about it. If I just opened in a continued movie, he didn't start a church with it, he didn't start ministry with it. How many of us can have the kind of power Elisha had? How many of us can have the power that Jesus had? You know, people spat on him and they say, prophesy to us. If you are a prophet. Power under control. Number two, the sovereignty of his love. Many people know about the sovereignty of God. But only few people know that his sovereignty is love. Read Ephesians 1 and you will see the sovereignty of God and the purpose of God. And you see that it is his kind intent. The sovereignty of God's love. Number three. The priority of purpose. The priority of purpose. As a leader, you must understand the priority of purpose. Purpose in number one. You know why God will look on and the devil will kill another baby? Isis. I'm like, why would God allow, I'm not saying he caused it, but why will he allow even people like Hitler to be born? When Adam sinned, God didn't say, oh man has fallen. Jesus, go and help them immediately. No. Why? He had a purpose. And purpose is his priority. You can never be a good leader if purpose is not priority. Because if emotions and events and opinions should be allowed, then you are never going to achieve anything. So, the priority of purpose. God won't allow anything to interfere with his purpose. Number four, time to every purpose. The glory and beauty of order. For everything there's a season and a time to every purpose. The beauty of God is this. Time and purpose. For every purpose there's a time. That's the beauty of God. That's the beauty of God's creation and the beauty of God's character. Everything he does. There's a time to every purpose. Actually, Solomon says the only two things there are is time and purpose. Timing. And purpose. What is the purpose of this? 
and what is the time for it. Number five is his influence. You know, Pastor Doris talked about influence and uh, the leadership guru, John C. Maxwell. The second thing he mentioned about leadership, apart from the law of the lead, is the law of influence. The law of the lead talks about your capacity, your potential, your leadership capability. And he said nobody can go beyond that. The second thing he mentioned, or the third thing in his book, the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. The second thing or third thing he mentioned is influence. He said leadership is influence. Nothing less, nothing more. But you see, the influence here I'm talking about is God's influence. Okay? How you don't have to be in charge to be in control. How God is not running everything, but everything is working the way he desired. And we have to learn that. I must not be physically running the show for the thing to work. Everybody needs to learn that. I look at how God sits back and he doesn't have to run every show and yet everything is happening the way he intends it. Ultimately. That's how come he can pause and allow Jesus to also play small. And pause and the Holy Ghost will also play small. Hallelujah. Number six is his absoluteness. Absolute. Now, the word absolute... In English means not qualified or diminished. The thing doesn't change. That's the word absolute. The thing is not qualified and it doesn't diminish. It's entire, it's whole, okay? In philosophy, it refers to that which exists and not dependent on anything else. In theology, absolute refers to the ultimate reality. It refers to God. Now, one of the attributes of God is his absolute. And why do I mention that attribute in his leadership? The word absolute means total. Everything God does, you know, when he was giving his spirit, he poured out all his spirit. His love, all. Bible said we'll be filled with all the fullness of God. That is one leadership attribute about God that every leader must imbibe. That's why it talks about the whole heart with all your mind you must learn to do things with your all we're talking about absolute so let's finish this love endures long and is patient and is kind and love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy it's not boastful nor vainglorious does not display self haughtily it's not concited arrogant inflated with pride it's not rude and mannerly does not act unbecomingly god's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way for it's not self-seeking, okay, altruism. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevails. This is God's absoluteness. And that's what love has over every other thing. Love bears up under anything. And everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. It hopes are all faithless under all circumstances. And it endures everything without weakening. Now, everything, all things. Now, put this same verse in King James. Forbearance bears some things. Only love bears all things. Faith believes specific things. Only love believes all things. Hope hopes specific things. But only love hopes all things endurance or long-suffering 
endures some things. It doesn't endure all things, but love endures all things. Now, everything here is absolute. And that is why we say God is love. That is his nature. He's not talking about God. He's talking to us. He's just telling us to be absolute. And if you're going to believe, believe all. This is what I've been learning. Because I'm learning the Lord. I know that there is such a thing as enduring all things. I know in the regular world, they tell you this is uh, idealism. It's unrealistic. But my Bible tells me that I can endure all things. It's possible. My Bible tells me that I can hope all things. I can believe all things. I learned to believe. Just believe in people. Believe all things. Which means that I believe the best out of them. Now, when a person is lying to you, you should be able to know. But you believe in the person. You believe him. Even if you have to give him a thousand opportunity, you are we here. Do you realize how God delegates? It's crazy. You haven't thought about it. Now he just handed everything over to Jesus Christ. And that's all. The expression of his person. And Jesus handed everything over to the Holy Spirit. Literally delegated all. Became literally unnecessary. You know, sometimes I look at God and I'm like, this is the only person that loves the wicked, the arrogant, the stiff naked, without feeling insecure. You know, when you love somebody too much, you try to pull strings a little bit so that the person doesn't take you for granted. But God doesn't feel he'll be taken for granted. He's so secure. Wow. These guys will take me for granted. These people will think I'm as sinful as they are. So, that is why I am permissible. That's why I am uh, lenient or permissive. But God is not insecure. He's absolute. Number seven is the principle of truth. Everything we've said so far is only possible because of this principle. Mama Angie was talking about reality. He was talking about assumptions and reality. What the world has been searching for is the reality, truth. So they keep searching and searching until they find out truth. Our heritage is truth. God gave you the very spirit and essence he has. You have been recreated in the image of the truth. In true holiness and righteousness. So your conscience, your heart is true. The Holy Spirit inside is true. The word of God is true. What you have to do is to acquaint yourself and orient yourself with truth. Now, people think that love is a very difficult thing. Love is not difficult if you understand truth. Every time you have to make a decision and you want to measure it against love, just ask yourself, how much truth is in this? Because you are considering yourself, you are even looking at yourself. And you are considering the person. One day they caught somebody in adultery, they wanted to stone him, and Jesus said, Well, he that is without sin, let him be the first one to throw a stone. And interestingly, all these people went away. Because immediately they came in contact with truth. And that's all the problem. Amen. The difference between lust and love is truth. If you're going to correct somebody, or even discipline somebody. What you need is truth. Without truth, you get into wickedness. Or you'll be mean. Truth. The principle of truth is the principle of reality. 
ladies and gentlemen and that is the principle with which god works that is who he is actually then eight the excellency of wisdom in every act one of the things that amazes me the most is that everything god did was a display of wisdom everything and that is what you should do amen so excellency of wisdom in every act you want to excel in life everything you do should be a rehearsal of wisdom that's how god lives that's why jesus was excellent everything he did was just a demonstration of wisdom every act i look at god and you know sometimes i tell jesus in my devotion i say lord i look forward to seeing you and i know that the greatest wonder of all time is just to look at this jesus this person called jesus i just cannot fathom i just cannot get it everything jesus did was a manifestation of wisdom everything god did was a manifestation everything was a fulfillment of wisdom number eight the excellency of wisdom number nine and i'll stop in number nine and you'll find number ten by the holy spirit and put there okay number nine is the seed and potential principle somebody sent me a whatsapp and you know depending on the whatsapp page you're on you get to hear all kind of things right okay so ask your neighbor are you on a good whatsapp page or you are on a... <laughs> i want to just read it for you can you judge who is the better person out of these three mr a he had friendship with bad politicians consults astrologers had two wives was a chain smoker drinks eight to ten times a day that's mr a mr b he was kicked out of office twice he sleeps till noon used opium in college and drinks whiskey every evening mr c he was a decorated war hero a vegetarian doesn't smoke doesn't drink and never cheated on his wife who would you want out of these three guys mr c right all right so uh scroll down and look at the answer mr a was franklin roosevelt the president of america mr b was winston churchill mr c that we all want strange but true is risky to judge anyone by his habits character is a complex phenomenon so every person in your life is important don't judge them accept them three beautiful thoughts okay mr c is adolf hitler now god's principle is a principle of seed and potential that is why all through the bible god looks at seeds and potential one of the greatest leadership attitudes is the seed principle is the potential principle to see potentials as source to recognize seeds and to nurture seeds or kill the seeds that you have to kill so this is the leadership of god i'll show you four leadership attributes of jesus the leadership of jesus four things number one is absolute trust number one is absolute trust you cannot be a good leader until you are a good follower and trust is so important they say the first person to believe in your product is yourself that is why the whole western philosophy is built on positive thinking trust in business strangely i read that the number one ingredient to success in business number one is trust 
Any product you want to buy today is just because of the name, the trust that they built. The Nikes, the Kiwis, is trust. But Jesus had absolute trust. The thing that intrigues me about Jesus was his absolute trust in the Father. And his trust in us. Number two, absolute contentment. Jesus was so content, he did not think equality with God is something to grasp. He was content to be the son. He was content to be the son of God. And you see, they say the person who must marry is the person who doesn't need to marry. It's true. A true leader is somebody who doesn't need the position. And I see that about Jesus. Absolute contentment. Number three is his humility. Pastor John talked about it. Not just in dying on the cross, but embracing the wisdom in God's plan. It was the most bizarre and absurd plan. Now, think about it. Look at God. And then he just designed this whole thing. That you will become a man. Let's create man. Then man will be sinful. The devil will come. And then, actually, people will think are wise. This is their stumbling block. The thing is so crazy. Because they feel God created everything. So how can you create this and create that and create somebody who becomes the devil and then allow this and then... It's one crazy plan. But Jesus was humble enough not only to obey God and die on the cross, but to believe or to see the wisdom in God's plan. The last thing I want to talk about Jesus' leadership is his perfection. Now, the Bible says that Jesus became perfect. Being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to them that believe. Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. Pastor Doris said, you can't do it any other way. You carry the pregnancy for nine months and you deliver in 15 minutes. Jesus used 30 years to prepare for his three-year assignment. And he learned obedience. Not only when he was suffering on the cross. He learned obedience right from the day he was born. Even through the incarnation. 30 years of active obedience. And it was when he was made perfect that he became the author of eternal salvation. Now, God wants every one of us to be perfect. And it's a principle for leadership. Hallelujah. Then we talk about the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And just two things I'll mention. Leadership of the Holy Spirit. Two things. Leadership of the Holy Spirit. I want us to look at Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, the word for help, okay, is this long word, sunanti lambanomaya. Now, you know lambano, which is to take hold of. Then you have sunanti and then maya. Sunanti lambanomaya. That's the word for help. I'm talking about the leadership of the Holy Spirit and the word is help. But you see, the Holy Spirit helps us and the meaning of this word is to lay hold along with. To strive to obtain with others. Help in obtaining. To take hold with another. This is the meaning of the word. 
You see that, like you're holding a table, like holding this pulpit. I can't carry it alone, okay? So you hold the other end and I hold, that's the word. He helps us or he lay holds along with. He strives to obtain with. Help in obtaining, to take hold with another. The express leadership of the Holy Spirit that I find, which is key, which everybody must know and learn, is to help in such a way that we do it together as we develop others. The way to lead people is to do it in such a way that others develop. You help people in such a way that they develop. Sometimes we do it for people. Sometimes we ask them to do it. But at other times too, we must do what? Do it with them. Okay? Somebody put it this way. In training leaders, there are three things to always remember. Somebody puts it this way, right? He says, the first one is mentoring. I do it and you look at me. So I take the lead. See the way I do it and copy. That's mentoring. Then the other one is modeling. We do it together. Then the last one is monitoring. You do it and I watch. The Holy Spirit, what it does is exactly these three. But the most important of all is the one he does with us. So the leadership of the Holy Spirit, number one, is he helps us in such a way, into brackets, we do it together. He helps us in such a way that others develop. So help in such a way that others develop. Then the second and the last thing I'm going to mention about the leadership of the Holy Spirit is to focus on the right thing. Focus on reality. The Holy Spirit only focuses on what Jesus has done. He focuses on truth. Many people fail in life because they focus on many other things. They focus on their mistakes. They focus on their weakness. They focus on their errors. But just focus on reality. Focus on the positive. Amen? Alright, that's about the Holy Spirit. Then finally, what to do. What I want to leave with you, what to do. Number one, work with the specific grace God provides over a period and exhaust it. Work with the specific grace God provides over a period and exhaust it. It's important to know that the seasons will change. And what you can do today, you cannot do tomorrow. I'm telling you. Or even if you can do it, you can do it well. So when prayer grace is on your life, Pray absolutely. When it's time to write, the inspiration to write comes. Honey, that's the time to write. Because another time will come, you want to write. The time is there, the inspiration is not there. Or the inspiration is there and the time is not there. Amen? When God is leading, you need to understand that everything you do becomes a launch pad for the next. So, work with the specific grace God provides. Forget about what you are not able to do. Focus on what you are able to do, what grace is provided at the time. Number two, follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. That's clear enough. Number three, humility to receive God's help that he sends. Sometimes God will send people as help. And you must be humble enough to receive their help. There are people who fail woefully in life because they say they don't need help. Number four, Understanding must be pursued or sought after. 
That's the whole import of Mama Angie's teachings today. I told you that the how is more important than the what. And the why is more important than the how. With the why, you have essence. The original intent. Truth. What understanding does is that it helps you to know why. Amen? So pursue understanding. Because judgment is the key to an excellent life. A driver. We talk about driver's skill. This is judgment. After you've mastered steering, the next thing is your judgment. Every time you're driving. A leader is your judgment. The basketball player. We talk about skill. But it's his judgment. The footballer is judgment. If everything you do in this life is your judgment. And it comes from understanding. Hallelujah. Number five. And that's where I end this one. Remember that nobody becomes great by a perfectly calculated, planned, and lived life. You stumble into some of the greatest blessings. Problems, mistakes can be your greatest launch pads. People of God, all the great people we've known are people who understand that success in life doesn't come by necessarily a cal- well-calculated, perfectly planned life. But you stumble into certain things. So that's why the Bible says all things work together for good. Some of the bad things that come become opportunity. You know, Star Oil Company is, is owned by my foster father. And uh, in terms of sales, it's Star Oil, out of all the oil companies in the, this country. And he was a teacher in a village called Abutuasi. And during the crisis, you know, the 83 crisis and those days, you remember? You have to be in a long queue, sometimes for two days, sometimes even three to get your gallon of kerosene. And uh, he was in the queue, waiting for his turn. And after several hours of waiting, when it was his turn to be served, a fight broke and the dispenser of the fuel decided that he was going to ignore the line. Because some people have jumped the line. And when he said, no, I was here before everybody else. He took his gallon and threw it away out of fury. My father was so angry. And he said, me too. I will sell this kerosene. And truly, he said, my father used to even sell these things. And some of the uh, underground tanks are there. That's how it started. It was out of provocation. I'm not saying you always make the best decision out of provocation, but I'm saying that you will stumble into some of the things. Hello? Hello? Pastor Doris and I were sharing that Doug Ward Mills originally was not an evangelist. He was actually the pastor. And E.A.T. Saki was the evangelist. If I heard him say it himself, how come this man is not a big church planter? Everywhere winning souls. He stumbled into it. And so, open up yourself to opportunities that may come. Mistakes. Look for opportunities in them. Hallelujah. Okay, that's where I end what to do. What not to do, which is the caution, is just one. We talked about it. That's where I started from. Neglect. We ought to give the more endless heed to the things we've heard. Listen, God will give you certain cautions. And you have to give the more earnest heed to them. 
in success the three most important ingredients everybody knows is vision passion and discipline neglect will kill all neglect will kill all neglect he doesn't even care at all so there's no vision neglect oh he doesn't care so it will kill passion neglect i mean there's no discipline he doesn't care actually so we ought to give them more earnest heed hebrews 2 we ought to give them more earnest heed to the things we've heard lest at any time we let them sleep i want to pray for you lift up your hands I want to leave one word with you as we close the session today. As you are leaving this place right now, what is the most important thing to know out of all the things you have heard? (laughs) That's the question. Out of all the things you've heard today, what is the most important thing to know? The most important thing to know is what to do next. That's the most important thing to know, what to do next. And before you leave here, you must decide on what you're going to do next. Maybe you're going to study more. Maybe you want to develop the humility to be teachable. Maybe you want to make inquiries. You want to question your assumptions. And say, now I want truth. Maybe you say, I want to be that agent of change. And it's starting with me. Maybe you are making a decision that just as somebody refused to drop the baton in spite of the heat, and today I'm in Christ, I will not drop this baton. The opening book of Hebrews says that there is just a principle of preeminence, of priority. A leader must understand that there are things that are first in rank and time and in place. You must know what is important, what is urgent. What is urgent but not important. What is important but not urgent. You must know the priority of purpose. What are you going to do as you leave this conference today? I want to ask Pastor John to come to stage. I want Pastor Doris to come to stage. And yes, Pastor Angie. Come a little closer and stretch your hand towards the speaker. They did not teach us these things because they know everything. But whatever they have taught, there is an impartation in it. And as we pray, the spirit of these things will be internalized. (laughs) They will become part of us. And we're going to pray for just two minutes. And as we pray, they are praying their sermon into you. 
Paul will teach the people, but will also pray for them. I pray that God will give them a spirit of revelation and understanding. And he himself comes out with a revelation. He teaches the revelation, but he prays them. So Pastor Angie will be praying what she preached. Pastor Doris will be praying what she preached. And Pastor John will be prophesying what he preached. And you yourself, everything you have heard. This is the generation that will change the world. Lift up your hand, open your mouth and open your heart and start to pray. The least of them shall be like David. The least of them shall be like David. The least of them shall be like David. The least among us will be like David. The least among us will be like David. <laughs> Do you want it? If you cry after wisdom, the least of us shall be like David, a generation of leaders. <laughs> All the speakers are going to pray for you. They will anoint their colleague pastors in their hands. But for all others, they will lay hand on you. Elisha said, let a double portion of what you carry come upon me. And as they lay hands on you, you can declare that a double portion of everything you preach today, let it come upon me. Keep praying. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I see leaders. Impartation of the gift of leadership. Impartation of the gift of leadership. Oh. Be an unusual leader. May the world. Oh. May the world. May the world <laughs> come to learn timeless leadership principles from you. I anoint you, woman of God, with the best of wisdom, gift and graces. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to pray for them too. So they can start from me. Oh, receive impartation of the gift of leadership. Impartation of the gift of leadership. Oh my God. Lord. How can we unless someone instruct us? Oh my God. I impart this. Leadership. Become a new kind of a leader. A different kind of a leader. The emerging leader. You are a leader. A leader of the God kind. A leader of the God kind. <laughs> a leader of the God kind. Oh, God's leader. God's leader. God's leader. God's leader. Receive it. Oh. You will live and not die. Every curse is broken. Any curse, anyone who cursed you. It's broken. It's broken. It's broken. Pick it up. 
Jesus rain. You will leave. Imagine just that. are waiting for you. Lead them. Wisdom to lead. Transgenerational leader. Great leadership ability. Receive wisdom. Reign and lead. Receive impartation. Receive the blessing. Receive impartation and the blessing of leadership. Jesus reign. Wisdom, excellence, and leadership. It's yours. You will not be a mediocre. You will not be average. Receive it. Receive it. Receive. King of Zion, King of Zion. Let's hear the drum. Jesus, Zion, Jesus, Leadership, wisdom, excellence. Of the gift of leadership. Impartation of the gift of leadership. Receive it. King of Zion.
God of indescribable How can I explain A love that's unexplainable I'm at a loss for words Oh, oh, oh
let it leave in waters flow by my soul let your holy spirit come and take control of every situation that i saw on my mind all my cares and burdens unto you and leave me waters let your living waters flow by my soul let your holy spirit come and take control of every situation that i saw for my mind all my cares and burdens unto you Let your living water, let your living water 